Welcome to the National Crawford Roundtable Podcast, a view of culture, current events, and politics through a biblical lens, brought to you by Preborn, saving babies and souls, and Wilson Financial Advisors, over 50 years of financial expertise and success. Visit CrawfordMediaGroup.net and click on their logos for more information or to donate. And now, here are your hosts, Neil Boron, Bob Duco, Roger Marsh, and John Rush. Welcome to the National Crawford Roundtable this week. I'm John Rush, your host from Denver, Colorado. My show is Rush to Reason. Of course, Bob Duco, Detroit, Michigan, from the Bob Duco Show, uh, which, by the way, snowy Michigan, but also ah. the winner of the, uh, uh, you know, the Lions win, which was big. Uh, Ooh, yeah. Roger Marsh, L.A., bottom line, which is, uh, we should call it Sunshine Roger Marsh because he doesn't have what the rest of us have. Neil Boron in the blizzard from Buffalo, New York on the Neil Boron Live Show. And Neil, you are the winner today of the most snow. Thank you. Hunkered in the bunker. Uh, uh, I don't know how you do it. Neil, really, I I am not envious at all. I mean, I love snow. It's part of what I do in one of my businesses and, and all of that. But you can have all of that snow you've got. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, you know, it's getting old after all these years and thinking about the snowbird situation. Got to be honest. Just go visit Roger more often. Yep. <laughs> well, Come on out. California, hey, California needs the population increase. We've had nine consecutive <laughs> years of people leave, more people leaving than coming. So, Neil, you are more than welcome. We'll roll yeah. out the red carpet for you. You, you guys could you just guys... do what the quarterbacks did for the Lions and the Rams and just swap. Yeah, there you go. That's right. Yeah. That's right. Hey, that's right. Yeah, but, uh, <laughs> I'm sorry, Roger. Anybody <laughs> who has Santa Claus and a Speedo, just it doesn't work, okay? <laughs> well, so, you know. <laughs> just saying. I got nothing I don't need that, that I image. Got... <laughs> yeah, I can't unthink it. <laughs> All right, so guys, let's get started. What I wanted to cover today, especially coming from the heels of the Iowa caucus, which, you know, not really a ton to talk about there. I think everybody pretty well predicted how that was going to work out. There's a lot of other ins and outs that maybe we can cover in the weeks ahead. But one of the things that's been on my mind, and we see it here in Colorado, maybe more than other parts of the country, although I think it's a, I think it's something that's having an effect everywhere, uh, maybe again because it's in our back door and I see it more often and there's some things even going on with our local Colorado GOP that maybe I can explain today that makes me look at this. But I want to talk about cults today. And Bob, this is really more up your alley because you were very involved with one of those growing up. But what I want to do is define what they are. Are there individuals in them? And by the way, I, what, I, what I mean by that is could be the Trumpsters, could be the never Trumpers. It could be even folks on the left and their ideology. And, and what I really want to start with is just, and Bob, I'm going to throw it to you first because you're the expert on this. Define for us what you feel a cult is. Sure. Well, and as you mentioned, I did grow up in a in a cult. It was Worldwide Church of God, uh, Armstrongism, sometimes referred to as Herbert W. Armstrong. And I do a lot of apologetics. In my apologetic series, Top 10 Proofs, one of the topics is Top 10 Proofs, Mormonism and Jehovah's Witness are false religions because these are a couple of other cults as well. Uh, Cults from a religious perspective or or Christian perspective, I suppose, are are basically quasi-Christian religions usually, the the kind of quasi-Christian cults like Mormonism or Jehovah's Witness or Armstrongism or whatever. Uh, Typically, a cult has some specific characteristics to it. One of them is that it's some kind of founder of this cult who is usually some latter-day leader. A lot of them came out of the 1800s, and they are considered to be God's modern day prophet, but they're also disproportionately revered by the people in that cult. When I say disproportionately, they literally 
can do no wrong. It's almost a kind of infallibility pope mm-hmm. kind of thing with them. Uh, with Mormonism, for example, if you want to have a debate with a Mormon, that's fine. But the last thing you ever want to do is criticize Joseph Smith because now it's basically like telling yeah. him their their mom wears car, army boots. You, you just you shut down conversation. Jehovah's Witnesses aren't quite as enthralled with uh, Charles T. Russell, the, uh, the um, founder of Jehovah's Witness. But Armstrongism, they were. I mean, Herbert W. Armstrong, nobody dared say anything against You can say the same Mr. thing about Armstrong. Scientology, right? Uh, you can. L. Ron Hubbard, uh, yes, the same thing. Now, Scientology is a cult. It's not a quasi-Christian cult like right. some of these other ones right. are. But, yeah, you've got you've got the founder, the leader, usually some dynamic personality who can do no wrong, and there's almost just kind of a glassy-eyed devotion to that person and what they say no matter what. That's probably one of the main key characteristics of a cult. And then you get into some kind of sub categories of cults are usually tend to be focused on end times and disproportionately focused right. on prophecy and eschatology and things like that. Okay, makes sense. Okay, going to the pastors now. Neil, let's start with you. Uh, Buffalo, yes, it's snowing hard outside for you, but in, in your experience along these lines, and again, you, you and Roger both being pastors, you know, Bob and I are not, although like Bob, I've studied a lot of these things and even have taught some Sunday school lessons in the past along these lines. Your thoughts on what Bob just said? Well, I think he's spot on with, especially as it relates to any kind of religious cult. Um, I would add to that maybe, uh, you know, the idea that there's an absolute authority, there's some type of figure who knows all things, you know, can't really be questioned. There's zero tolerance for any kind of criticism. So, uh, and then also persecution of people who think differently or who raise questions or who try to leave the group. I would say those are two other defining characteristics, you know, but it's it's the idea that um, that the leader and the group are always right, and to defy it uh, is not only dangerous, but you're going to be ostracized. In some cases, your life might even be in danger. I think that's an overstatement in, regarding some cults, but uh, it's sort of a defining factor, and I think it needs to be taken into account when we talk about stuff like this. And by the way, can I just chime in yeah, real quick? One part of the list I would ask, at least for the quasi-Christian cults, is they they alter the nature of who God is. Uh, mm-hmm. His nature and the means True. of salvation is altered. True. So you know, with Mormonism, that Mormons are basically going to spiritually evolve to be gods themselves, and God the Father that we worship is actually really a former Mormon who is a regular human being. So they alter that. You know, in Jehovah's Witness, of course, they deny the deity of Jesus, and Jesus is a created being and is actually Michael the archangel. And so they, they do tend to alter some of the key tenets of faith when it comes to the nature of God, who he is, who Jesus is, and the plan of salvation. All right, Roger, your turn. In fact, one thing I want you to add to this is, and I'm going to dovetail into some other things that I feel are going on culturally that maybe aren't the true definition of a cult, but the actions in some of these organizations are definitely cultish. So Roger, throw this to you. You know, it's interesting when you talk about the cults because we see that, you know, what we've been talking about here with Bob's experience and what Neil's talking about. And we know that in the United States, we're susceptible to them because uh, Mormonism, Jehovah's Witness, uh, I think the Church of Christ all kind of showed up around the same time and followed the same type of blueprint. And that's, you know, in terms of taking the Lord's name in vain, what I find fascinating now is to see the two other cults that have kind of cropped up with the political realm. And that is the Donald Trump supporters and the Never Trumpers. Because, yeah. I mean, there is, there's a 
a huge cult-like presence. And I've seen a number of, I think, people that I would consider to be a, a pretty fa- fairly well-respected in the evangelical Christian community fall into the latter category, you know, to the point where it just becomes this extremism and they've got their leaders, they've got their identity, they, they, they have their mantra. And oh, by the way, we'll sprinkle in little bits of, you know, <laughs> of the Bible whenever it suits our needs. And then the progressive side of Christianity, which is becoming its own cult. And, and it's, it's just fascinating to see. I mean, we're in our household, more and more, we're kind of dividing the dividing lines of, you know, Christianity versus not Christianity is who has discernment and who doesn't. In mm. other words, who can see these things happening mm. and who can't. I think that's one of the, 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 the problems with the cult-like uh, mentality is there's that blind allegiance to a mm. person. True. And uh, and, and I, I know for I, for one, have had my heart broken so many times in the past decade by leaders who then stumbled, you know, Ravi Zacharias or whatever it is, that it really, it's like God's you know, <laughs> still calling with that still small voice saying, eyes on me eyes on me. Mm, But it's amazing how many people are falling victim to the cult-like mentality of if we don't elect Donald Trump, that means it's Armageddon, or if we do elect Donald Trump, it's Armageddon. You know what I mean? Good point. And And that's some of the stuff I want to get into as well, and we'll we'll kind of break this up a little bit. Before we do that, though, and there was an article that came out today, Bob, Elon Musk quoted by Pro-Life Diaper Company in Mm -hmm. a new Times Square ad, having children is saving the world, which now leads us into preborn, of course, because literally that's what they're doing, is encouraging and really showing individual moms what's really going on inside their womb. That's right. I mean, look, we're all pro-life. I think most people listening to this podcast or watching us are pro-life. But they say, well, you know, what can I really do about it? You know, do I actually have the power to stop some abortions? And the answer is yes, you do, okay, by giving to preborn. Preborn is the main pro-life group across the country that shows ultrasound images of unborn babies to expectant moms. And when those moms see that first picture of their baby, they almost always choose life. And they usually end up accepting the Lord, too. So this is about paying for ultrasound images, everybody. $28 is the average ultrasound expense to stop one abortion, to save one baby's life. So we're asking everybody in the audience right now, hey, what a great way to kick off 2024. Pray about a number. Take $28 times fill in the blank. Whatever that number you put in there is, that's your forever legacy of the number of abortions that you stopped, the number of lives that you saved. And you can give two ways, online or on the phone. Just online, go right now to CrawfordMediaGroup.net, click on Preborn, and give right there. CrawfordMediaGroup.net, click on Preborn, and 100% of what you give goes to fund ultrasounds, nothing for overhead. Now, if you want to talk to a real-life person on the phone, they answer the phones 24-7. So go ahead and call right now, 833-850-BABY. That's 833-850-BABY. Just mention National Crawford Roundtable when you call. We appreciate you folks doing that. And, you know, John, what you were saying about the the call thing and, and Roger as well and and especially I want to respond to the to the Trump thing here I, I do believe that you know we're naive if we don't think that there are some people that can get sucked up into an almost cult like obsession with an individual or even an industry or something like that correct are there some people that have a glassy eyed cult like following of Donald Trump sure there are just like there were a bunch of liberals that did it on the left with no, Obama still that with and the Joe Messiah. Biden today I know but Obama especially it was oh, the Messiah time. complex yes, yes, for a yes. lot of people okay uh, I don't really think with Trump that it's as widespread as people think it is but what I do see and here's what we got to figure out it is out here the in Colorado John. by the way okay but you know what here's what we have to figure out the difference between I'm not denying that there aren't some 
cult-like followers of Donald Trump. I'm not denying that. But what I am saying is this. We got to make sure not to take a high level of enthusiasm and automatically equate that to a cult-like following. There are people that are really excited and enthusiastic. Hey, Agreed. when the Lions won last week, there are a bunch of people out there uh, painting up their bodies in blue and no shirts and cheering and everything else and really wanting them to win. But I don't think it would be fair to say that the Detroit Lions were their cult leader. So I'm just let's no, no, not confuse enthusiasm well, for Trump with cult following. That's let all me I'm give saying. you an example here in Colorado. Right. And, you, and right. this, this I'll give to all three of you. There's lots of things going in in Colorado with our local GOP, and I could do an entire podcast on this, talk about it greatly on our show here in Denver. Now, before, keep in mind, primaries haven't happened right now. In fact, we just had the Iowa caucus uh, Monday night. Caucuses, I should say, Monday night. Hmm. Our Colorado GOP chair and the executive committee have already put out an endorsement for Trump prior to the primaries. And according to our bylaws, and I believe the bylaws of most GOPs across the country, you are supposed to be neutral prior to the primary so every candidate has the exact same fair shot. Am I correct? I believe that is the case, yes. I, I, th I know that nationally the RNC is supposed to wait until after the primaries. I guess I'm assuming that applies for state well, Our bylaws say that parties. in Colorado. Okay, what well, so. the bylaws say that, then that would be a violation of the bylaws if they're pre-endorsing. So my point with what you said a moment ago, I feel here in Colorado, we've got an entire executive committee and a lot of people that are involved in that quote-unquote grassroots movement that are very cultish in their behavior because in their mind, it's Trump, Trump only, and don't say one thing about it. Okay. In other words, don't say one thing against him is what I should say. Is it is it cult though, or is it just hyper enthusiasm? Because there is a difference between cultish in Colorado. All right, with the, with the, with these with these particular people. Now, uh, uh, to your point, Bob, is it everyone that's for Trump? I'm for Trump. I'm not in that group, so no, I wouldn't I wouldn't call myself that. But I'll call out his faults. This is where I wanted to throw this, you know, to you, Neil and Roger, and start with you, Bob. Why is it? That when you're involved in a cultish type movement, whether it be on the religious side or in this case we're talking about it politically, you can't say anything negative about the leader. Well, it, it, I think that's probably a good benchmark for the cult-like thing. If somebody uh, won't allow even kind of any negative criticism of Trump whatsoever, if they don't acknowledge it, if somebody points out a legitimate flaw of Trump's and they just kind of gloss past it, well, but, but look at that, blah, 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 and, and they don't even acknowledge it, then yeah, I think they're kind of in a little okay. bit of a fog. But I, I have to say, and I want to make sure to caveat this, one of my criticisms of conservative Christians who vote Republican and will vote Trump but don't necessarily like him, one of my criticisms of them is that they hyper-focus on his negatives Agreed. where they're acting like Agreed. the mainstream media, 95% negative coverage. So it's like, let's at least be balanced and be willing to talk about Trump's positives. Too. I will say that, but that Agreed. doesn't mean I don't acknowledge his faults and flaws. Neil, I'll throw this to you because I want to go to Roger right after that, but go ahead, Neil. Yeah, you know, real quick, I was, uh, some of you probably saw this video that circulated yes. called God yes. Made Trump, and it's, there's an AI version of Paul Harvey's voice talking about how God gave us Donald Trump, and several times in there, there's allusion to scripture. I mean, I, one phrase that comes to mind is, he will never leave us or forsake us, you know, using scriptural context to talk about Trump as being the one who's going to save us. This is the one who's, you know. The only our, one in some cases, the Neil, is only one. these people right. Okay. 
So, but where's where's the church pushing back on that? Like, you you got to believe that there's some conservative Christians. When I saw it, like my skin crawled. I was like, what? And so, are pastors going to stand in the pulpit on Sunday? I doubt it. But are they going to say, hey, look, just to just to be clear, if you happen to see that video, Donald Trump is not our Messiah. You might choose to vote for him in the next election, but he's not the Messiah. Are we free to call that stuff out, or you know, all of a sudden, are we part of the deep state? Do we get? Lumped that's in a great with question. people, you know, think about it. No, so, I mean, that, that's a huge concern to me. And that's why I wanted to talk about this today, because, Neil, I think what you're saying is happening more often than not. I, myself, in Colorado, have been called a rhino because I will call some of these things out, like what you just pointed out, Neil, and I'll call some of those things out. Not not in a negative way. In fact, when I call things out, let me make sure I'm clear on this, I just want to see Donald Trump improve on these things so we can put a W next to this in 2024, you know, later this year. That's why I do some of those things where you're critiquing and and part of that's my nature, guys. I've fixed cars my entire life. I've grown up that way. You have to have critical thinking skills to be able to define what's going on and fix the problem and so on. And unfortunately, I apply that to a lot of areas of life. Sometimes it doesn't work too well at home. But anyways, that's another podcast for another day. <laughs> Bottom line, you know, I, I do not criticize, but point out the things that we need to improve upon so we can have a W. But Roger, to, to what Neil said a moment ago, I feel like we're at a stage where there are those individuals where if you cross over at all and you get into that territory of where you're actually pointing out faults, you're now the opposition. You're now a rhino and you're going to be labeled as such. You know, it's interesting. One of the <clears throat> sponsors of our show, of course, is Dennis Wilson, Wilson Financial. And Dennis and I have known each other for about a decade. And when Donald Trump was elected and then passed the, uh, you know, the tax cut that, you know, the Democrats said was going to bankrupt the country and, you know, favor the rich, et cetera, et cetera. And I asked him, I said, what do you think of this thing? And he goes, well, you know, I like Trump. I supported Trump in the election, but this tax cut is not going to help a lot of people. It's going to help some people, but there's a lot of middle class folks who are going to wind up, you know, looking at what's, you know, going on in their financials and saying, hey, why am I paying more in taxes? And then there's this, what he calls a ticking tax time bomb that's happening with a lot of 401ks and IRA mm -hmm. stuff that's going to sunset in at the, December 31st, 2025. And if you're not careful, then you've got to you, well, look out another big tax bill. I'm grateful that Dennis is one of our sponsors because uh, for National Crawford Roundtable listeners, if you find yourself in that situation, maybe you're saying, hey, wait, inflation went up 20% this year and my tax situation actually got worse because of the Trump's tax cuts. Know that Dennis Wilson is a guy, he's a man of his word. He's a he's a man of great faith. But also, you know, he said, hey, I like Donald Trump, but he kind of messed some people up with this tax return issue. Um, go to CrawfordMediaGroup.net, click on the Wilson Financial Ad Advisors banner and get your house in order financially because it's going to be a bumpy 2024 you need to make sure that you're uh what god has blessed you with that you are good stewards with in terms of uh for the right now and also for the uh, yet to be especially as far as your retirement and leaving something to your kids see dennis can do it john i don't know why more people can't i mean Agreed. we all can we can look objectively at donald trump and say here are the pluses here are the negatives we did a little piece yesterday on the bottom line show on that um that audio and you know i had to say okay well they point this out and this was actually good but this whole messianic complex and the quoting of scripture it's just it's nuts and it's eerie and, and it, it, it what made it even eerier as neil pointed out was the ai paul harvey you right. know doing that type of thing that morning in america type of oh it was, it was it was nuts but we as christians should be able to discern between what is you know a good accomplishment what is potentially dangerous and uh, trust me if you look at what happened after november 3rd 2020 in the election and the way donald trump handled the results and the way he pouted around and stomped his foot and wanted to you know i mean i'm not saying he incited january 6th but there are enough people who followed him that took that 
that as their you know battle cry. I think he could have handled that whole election rigging thing a lot better. And quite frankly, now he's hanging out to dry most of his attorneys who were helping him on this type of thing. Um, Donald Trump's about Donald Trump. He's not about America. I mean, it helps. It's good for America to have a guy like Donald Trump making those decisions. But I believe first and foremost, Donald Trump's about Donald Trump. And as long as we understand that going in, that makes your vote for or against Trump a lot more uh, objective. Well, so I I have a question, but I'll throw this to you. Is it fair to say that MAGA is not about America first, but rather Trump first? What are your thoughts on that? Well, I don't think that that's fair to say, quite frankly. Uh, I think Donald Trump can be very much a narcissist and full of himself and self-promotion and all those kind of things, which he is, while simultaneously having a heart for America and wanting to make America great okay, again. Okay, let me stop you there. I think you can do both. I agree with you on that, but what I'm talking more the followers, not him. He's the leader, and by the way, I know he's not responsible or accountable for all of his followers, mm-hmm. although, Bob, I'll push back a little bit because I think there's followers that actually look at it completely the opposite of what you just said. Well, you know something? If if you have a follower of Donald Trump who uh, sees him with some kind of messiah complex and thinks he's the savior of the world or even the savior of America, then they got issues. But uh, I would totally I, I, Bob, disagree I've with him on that. Bob, I've had people literally on my text line for my show say literally, he is the only man that can save America. I've okay, had well, those text and messages. And obviously and that's he, ridiculous, okay? But look, the, And he posted the God Made Trump video on his Truth Social. So, I mean, he didn't apparently... Okay. Uh, I, I just, he didn't I, say anything negative about it. He posted it. Look, I, I know that I have, I know this is kind of a dead horse that I've been beating, but I think it bears repeating about two million times between now and the election, okay? I don't mind criticisms of Donald Trump, but what I will say is this. If I'm interviewing ABC or NBC or CNN or one of them, I'm going to ask them, whenever the name Trump comes out of your mouth, will you be honest enough to admit that 95% of the time it's through some kind of negative lens? And I would say that to a lot of the Christians who will hold, who will vote for Trump while holding their nose. Right, I right, get that, but right. I would ask the same thing. When Donald Trump's name comes out of your mouth, is it usually 95% of the time through some kind of negative lens. Because if it is, I think that's a problem because all we're doing is reducing voter turnout for him next year, and that's not smart. I'll criticize the guy. I'm going on my show today, and I'm going to call him out for uh, losing his conciliatory tone after Iowa and going back to calling DeSantis DeSanctimonious and his Nikki Haley stuff. I wish he'd stop doing that. That makes me wince. I think it's wrong. I I think it's dumb. I'm going to call him out on the carpet for that. But you know what? If you listen to my show... You're not going to hear 90, 95% of every time I talk about Trump, it's something negative about him or something negative about his voters. No, I had an entire hour this week where I explained to everybody how bad the New York lawsuit against him is, the civil suit against him, and how it's bad not only for him but for everybody else that owns commercial property. Explained exactly what's going on, how this is really just, quote-unquote, trumped-up charges. It's a kangaroo court. It's ridiculous. And I defended him all day long, Bob, and I will. And, And by the way, I'll say this. Even if that were a Democrat going through what he's going through, I would defend I that would person exactly. because what I they're totally doing agree. right now is ridiculous. Totally agree. Totally agree. I'm just saying let's just balance it. That's all. I agree. I, I, just, I, just, want, I just want Christian what? voters who hold their nose to vote for Trump, I just want them to look in the mirror and say, is 95% of everything I say about Trump through a negative lens? Because if it is, I'm no different than CNN. No, I can't. can't well, what it. if it was forty-five percent? I mean, the the bottom line is, don't we have a responsibility as believers to help point out 
issues like this messiah complex for instance if trump is buying into that like if he's if he's undulating at the reality that some people think he's the messiah then as believers i think we have a responsibility to point that out to our children and to new believers and to maybe seekers or non-believers people that are thinking about pursuing christ because otherwise it's like well this is what christ would do christ supports this kind of stuff no the word of god says god is opposed to the proud he gives grace to the humble i don't know if you were if you were going to say what would you say characterizes donald trump's uh, demeanor publicly is he more prideful or is he more humble I would say he's, day. More, he's, more pride, he's more prideful. But, but again, of course, my, so I'm not know, saying don't, don't point this stuff out. Which, I'm by saying the way, don't guys, hyper focus on this stuff. Okay, yeah, really quick. But my point, okay, but last thing, and I know we got to move along. But okay, go ahead. Uh, the, the bottom line is do we do we ever have the right to point it out at all? Because I don't, of course. I don't I'm not of talking course about course. the negatives. I don't talk about the negatives 95% of the time. But when I do bring up um, some of these concerns, I get emails from people, I get pushback on this I do talk too. show, right? I mean, so. And like I at some too. point, we at some point we have to say, "All right, let's talk talk about the issues that Donald Trump supports that we can line up with." And then, what do you think about this thing he said yesterday about you know Ron DeSantis? And and have an honest, open conversation that allows us to look at that and not have to face persecution for bringing it up. No, and, and I and by the way, I want to talk more about that in the second half as to how Bob do we couch some of these things so that. As we go down the road, to your point, we can, because he's going to be the nominee. He's going to have an R next to his name. We're going to have to figure out, even as hosts, how do we balance all of these things out to where we can point out flaws, but then to Neil's point, you know, how do we minimize the backlash that's going to come from all of his quote-unquote cult followers? Because, by the way, I do think there's quite a few of those out there. We have them here in Colorado. But one last time, Bob, Preborn, which, by the way, is not a cult, quite the no, opposite. No, They're doing close. everything they possibly can to make sure that the unborn have a right to live. That's right. And you know something? Uh, protecting the unborn, fighting for the unborn, we don't have a cult-like zeal to that because our first and foremost love is Jesus Christ. But helping the unborn, saving their lives, that's part of the fruit that we produce as Christians. And that's why I'm asking everybody right now, uh, would you prayerfully consider giving to preborn? What we're asking you to do is pray for, uh, is to pay for ultrasound images for these moms to see a picture of their unborn baby. That way, they choose life almost all the time. And by the way, they usually end up accepting the Lord too. So, twenty-eight dollars is the average ultrasound expense to stop one abortion to save one baby's life. So, pray about a number. Take twenty-eight dollars times fill in the blank. Whatever number you put in there, that's your one-time gift to preborn, and that's your forever legacy of the amount of, abor of abortions that you stopped. So you can give two ways, online or on the phone. Online, just go to CrawfordMediaGroup.net, click on preborn, and give right there. Every penny you give goes to fund ultrasounds, nothing for overhead. CrawfordMediaGroup.net, click on preborn. Or you could talk to somebody 24-7 on the phone. You can call right now, 833-850-BABY. 833-850-BABY. Just mentioned National Crawford Roundtable when you call, John. All right, and guys, that's going to wrap up this first half of the National Crawford Roundtable. You can actually see us, by the way, at myhopenow.com. You can also go to the website, crawfordmediagroup.net. Lots more to talk about, and this is one of those subjects that I'm guess guessing we will probably kind of come back to over and over again as we go through this entire election season. I had that question yesterday from a couple of listeners asking, okay, how long are you going to talk about these things? Well, it's an election year, stupid. We're going to talk about it a lot. It is what it is. So, guys, wow. we'll be right Emphasis back. Don't go stupid. Any yeah, exactly. <laughs> we'll be right back. National Crawford Roundtable. This has been a Crawford Media Group production.
Welcome back. National Crawford Roundtable, second half, by the way. Myself, John Rush, out of Denver, Colorado, with the Rush to Reason show. Bob Duco from Detroit, Michigan, with the Bob Duco show. Roger Marsh from sunny L.A. with the bottom line. And Neil Boron from snowy Buffalo, New York, with Neil Boron live. And guys, again, thanks for joining joining me. And, and uh, you know, we're rotating now through the way we do the hosting. So if some of you listening have heard that be a little bit different. We've made a few changes heading into 2024. So you're going to kind of hear us take turns doing this. This was my week, and I... I wanted to talk about the cultish behavior of individuals, by the way, on both sides of the aisle, which we really haven't talked much about when it comes to the never Trumpers, because I'll start with you again, Bob. They're as bad as some of the always Trumpers, because once again, you can't even point out to them the good things that Donald Trump has had. They're, oh, you know, they're the opposite of the other. You can't say anything bad to the always Trumpers. You can't say anything good to a never Trumper. That's right. I mean, let's face it. If Donald Trump discovered the cure for cancer, then they would attack him for putting oncologists out of business. There is nothing that Donald Trump can do to some of these people. And you're right. It is kind of a reverse version of cult. They have a cult-like obsession and hatred yes. for all things yes. Donald Trump. And by the way, it's not just that. There's a lot of leftists that have a cult-like following of things like the transgenderism movement right now, LGBT. That's right. Global warming has become kind uh, of a cult uh, That's for its them. own religion. That's right. Uh, you know, vaccines, you have to get your COVID vaccines. And if you dare question that whatsoever, we're going to censor you and silence you. There's almost a cult-like following to you. Don't even dare uh, question the 2020 election. So yeah, there is a cult-like obsession with this kind of censorship on the left Mm -hmm. that they hate anything that's even remotely conservative or Christian. And of course, Donald Trump, not that he is the champion of Christianity, but, but his, he's policies, helped Christianity a ton. his policies have helped Christianity yes. a lot. Yes. And, and personally, I'll be honest with you, John, I think it's a spiritual battle. Not that Donald Trump shines the light of Christ. And so that's the reason that he's an offense. But I do believe that his policies are godly policies. And that's an offense to a darkened world. I can't argue that. Neil, I'll run this over to you as well. And one of the questions I want to ask you and Roger is, again, as we go through the rest of this year up until the election, which, again, we'll be talking about this on and off because it's our job, by the way. It's what we're supposed to be doing as as hosts and the feeding of the people that we have listening to us daily, the education of them, if you would. Neil, how do we talk to both sides of the aisle? And really kind of get to the middle ground, I guess. And I always hate using that word because when it comes to politics, I don't feel there really is a middle ground. But in this particular case, if we're going to win in November, we've got to find some commonality to get more votes. Otherwise, it's a long road to November. Yeah, um, and it's not going to be easy to do. Uh, We're going to need a lot of prayer and wisdom from God as to how exactly to do that. But I think um, the bottom line is we need to stay focused on the issues. That you know, once you start talking personalities, everyone has their own ideas about Trump, true, uh, or Biden, or the deep state, you know, or the future of America. Everyone has these ideas. I just think you know we need to come up with the list of things that we care about deeply, like the life issue, for instance. The border is a huge issue. Um, military, our strength of our military, um, sovereignty of America, whatever. Like we, you know, we need to look at this deeply and help people understand uh, where those votes lie. Like if you're going to live in a world that has secure borders, then you're going to have to look at voting conservative because, you know, isn't it interesting, by the way, that all of a sudden leading up to the election, now some of the folks on the left are saying, well, maybe we need stronger borders and actually looking like, like maybe they support the idea of of secure borders, which really has been no part of their agenda at all for the last decade. So, uh, I don't know how else to do it except to stay focused on issues. Roger, your thoughts. 
Well, you know, it's interesting because I, I echoing kind of dovetailing off what Neil said, I think that uh, when it comes to issues, one thing I found, we've been, we're in our 13th year doing the bottom line show. It's amazing how when you talk about what any president is doing, because we've been through two terms of Obama, one term of Trump, one right. term of Biden, we're going to see what's going to happen. It, it's interesting to me how when you talk about the personalities, people lose their mind. When you talk about the policies and the actions, people have a lot more of a civil conversation. And, it, you know, we've all seen those kind of uh, hit videos where they go out and they'll say, you know, they'll take the Trump, you know, talking points and they'll say, did, did you know Joe Biden said this? Oh, yeah, yeah, I agree with it. And then, you, well, it was actually Donald Trump. The vast majority of the electorate really is undereducated, correct. if not uneducated, as to what's really going on. I mean, it is a personality con. George Barna, it was on with me right after the 2020 election. And they had just done, they're doing their American worldview inventory at Arizona Christian University. And he said, um, that, that it was interesting that when it comes to core values in terms of raising a family and making a living and, you know, having a good retirement, that type of stuff, he said 80% of Americans, regardless of their political background, want the same thing. But you've got a media that fuels and feeds off of the 10% on one side and 10% on the other. They get all the headlines. And so it's kind of like everybody thinks that we're all living like the Kardashians because they see them on television rather than saying, wait, what, what does my real life look like? And I think if we can bring people into that reality, where are you now? How does this policy affect you? How does it not affect you? How does it impact you positively or negatively? And it's hard to do. Trust me, it's really hard to do because you want to say, like we say often on this program, there's nothing in the Democratic Party platform right now that it would be appealing to a Christian that True. I can see, that any True. of us can see. And yet, if you bring that up and saying, well, if you don't vote for Trump, boom, Trump, bang, there go the, you know, doo, 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 you know, whether right. it's a Democrat or a never Trumper. And so we, we really do have to be a little more careful, a little more strategic. It doesn't mean we back away from it. But, you know, we've all gone on mission trips before. When you go to a mission trip to an area where they don't speak your language and they don't know the customs and the culture, you can't go in there and preach to them in English and get mad when they don't respond to your felt graphs up on the board, you know, for your your lesson. I, I, friends of mine left their teaching positions, went to Papua New Guinea with Wycliffe Bible Translators and spent the first five years they were there just living with the people to learn their language because the indigenous there did not have a written language. And so it's like, well, how can we teach you God's word and scripture in written form if you don't even know how to read and write your own language? And so th this is where we are, I think, in the culture. It's gotten so bad in terms of biblical illiteracy, historical illiteracy. People really don't know what America means anymore that for us to just come in and say, well, if you vote for Donald Trump, we'll get America back. <laughs> what does that mean? I mean, yeah. what does that it's mean not. to African-Americans who grew up knowing that their grandparents used to live in slavery? What does that mean to immigrants who some came in legally and some came in illegally and they've been hiding into the... I mean, here in the People's Republic, I mean, it, it's a... It really is an endemic in terms of legal immigration from Central and South America and then people flooding the borders like they are in Texas. I mean, so I think it's a lot more nuanced and, and we can be more intentional about this. I think we can be effective, but it's going to take more than just a cute meme. And we live in a meme bumper sticker world. So that there's the challenge that I see. Bob, when it comes to preborn, by the way, everything Roger just said, lots of wisdom there, which applies to both things, preborn and then how we communicate what we're talking about when it comes to, you know, getting Trump reelected. When it comes to preborn, though, there's a lot of what Roger just said wisdom wise that applies to the unborn as well. Boy, it sure does. And, you know, of all the things that we may disagree on, here's one thing I think that we can all agree on. 
if we can save babies' lives, if we can stop women from choosing abortions, then I think this is a good thing. And this is what preborn does. They show ultrasound images of unborn babies to expectant moms in pro-life centers all across the country. And when a mom sees that first picture of her baby, she doesn't go across the street to Planned Parenthood. She almost always lets her baby live. And she usually ends up accepting Jesus Christ as Savior too. So we got to pay for these ultrasound images, everybody. $28 is the average ultrasound expense to stop one abortion, to save one baby's life. So we're asking you to pray about a number, plain and simple. Take $28 times fill in the blank. And whatever that number is that you put in that blank, 10 babies, 50 babies, 100 babies, whatever it is, multiply that times $28. That's your one-time gift to preborn. That's your forever legacy of, hey, in 2024, here's how many babies' lives we saved. Now, if you want to give, just go right now online to crawfordmediagroup.net, click on preborn, and give right there. Crawfordmediagroup.net, click on preborn. 100% of what you give goes to fund ultrasounds, nothing for overhead. And if you want to talk to a real live person, you know they answer the phones 24 7. So go ahead and call right now, 833 850 BABY. That's 833 850 BABY. Just mention National Crawford Roundtable when you call. All right, so messaging, big deal, Bob. You and I talk about this over and over. Actually, all four of us do over and over again on this program. It applies to every area of life and the things that we're trying to do, especially in this particular arena where we've gonna, we're going to have a candidate that is polarizing, no doubt about it. We've already known that. It's not gotten any better. How do we, Bob, to Roger's point a moment ago, that wisdom of what Roger just said in the communication aspect, how do we do that? But let me add a caveat knowing that for most people, this has to be in 30 seconds or less, because in most cases, you don't have five minutes to explain this. Right. I know. And so, you know, something for me, and I don't know if this is necessarily the right way to handle this, but uh, for, for, for the Republican Party nationally, we know that they stink on messaging. They need to come up Awful. with a half a dozen bullet Awful. points. That's right. And that's their brand, and that's what they push, and everybody's on the same page for every interview. We know they stink at that. But but at least us, we have our, we have our influence and our voice with the body of Christ. And so I know it's always better, hey, let's focus on the positive, not the negative. But there is a negative that I think we need to focus on here. As Christians, we need to be loving our neighbor as ourselves, all right? This is a Jesus instructed us, of course, loving the Lord our God, but loving our neighbor as ourselves. And I don't believe I'm loving my neighbor when I use my vote in a way that allows my neighbor's daughter to be traumatized by some man coming to the bathroom, a locker room, or shower. You know, in California, Roger knows this. In California, the Attorney General of California just declared this week that uh, it's a violation of California law for teachers teachers to feel like they need to let mom and dad know that their child is going through gender transitioning at school and being exposed to men or, or, or the opposite gender. And you, you got to keep that a secret from mom and dad or, or you're violating California law. These are the kind of laws that are Democrats are pushing. And I know this is blunt, but I'm just going to blurt it out. I do not believe Christians in this day and age should be doing anything to help Democrats stay in power as long as these are their policies, abortion through all nine months and such. And what that means is that you've got to use your vote. You've got to use your vote in a way that's going to honor God. And I just don't see pushing Democratic Party policies as honoring God. If you don't like Donald Trump and his personality and style, you know what? Put on a helmet and vote for him anyway, because one way or another, we cannot allow four more years of Joe Biden. If we get it, 
okay, fine, Jesus Christ is still Lord. I'm, we go to Sodom and Gomorrah, nothing changes the fact that Jesus is still on his throne. But if we have an opportunity to help our neighbor in a way that we can with our vote and the laws in this land, I think we have a responsibility to do it. Well, given that we're a constitutional republic and we're the ones in charge and they're not, everything you just right. said, Bob, is more appropriate even for us than probably most every other country. Well, it is more appropriate than every other country on the planet because of the structure that we have, which we all tend to forget about at times. Mm-hmm. Neil, you're the pastor. How do we communicate this effectively? As far as a, a message that can be said in a single sentence or under 30 seconds, I don't know. And I think we're going to have to pray that God would reveal what that actually is because there's so many nuances to what we're talking about. And I... I think caring for our neighbor is a part of what it means to be a Christian. And there may be a lot of different views about exactly how best the church can do that in our listening audience here. Um, but the bottom line is Bob's right about that part. We need to demonstrate that we love and care for all people. It's why we support organizations like Preborn, as a for instance, um, because every human being is created in the image of God and matters, and we need to care about that. We need to care about taking care of our own and protecting our own. So that's why we care about borders, right? So, I mean, how we say that in a single sentence, I don't know. But I want to add one other thing here, kind of a nuance uh, that others might not generally think about based on your question of messaging. But I think that, you know, when we're talking to members of the church, true believers, people in the body of Christ, yes, we have to talk about current political issues, issues that affect our world and how we can represent Christ well and stand for truth and righteousness and love our neighbor. Those things matter. But also, you know, for a believer, we're to set our affection on things above, not on things that are on the earth because we've died and our life is hidden with Christ and God. And what I mean by that is, Yes, uh, we're here on this planet right now, and what we say and do matters, and we're supposed to bring light and hope into the darkness and despair that people are feeling because we are the light of this world, we're the salt of the earth. All of that stuff matters. But we also need to preach the reality that we're, we weren't made for this world. We're, we're only passing through, only visiting this planet, as uh, the late, great Larry Norman used to sing, probably one of Roger's personal friends. But either way, um, you know, the bottom line is uh, this world is temporary, and it, we have the hope of Revelation 21 and 22. We're victorious in the end. Christ has got us. We're in the palm of his hand. He's taking care of us. He's the one, not Donald Trump, but he's the one who's never going to leave us or forsake us. So that frees us um, to do the work of the kingdom without fear. And it may involve persecution. Jesus said, you know, in this world, you will have trouble, but take heart of overcome the world. And I think what preachers need to stand up and talk about is, look at this world is not going to get easier. And if you think the next election is going to make your life comfy and sweet, um, think again. Yeah, it's only going to get worse till the day that we see Jesus. And let's just be honest about that. So our hope needs to be rested solely on the person of Jesus Christ. And in the process, let's do everything we can to love and care for people and point them to Jesus. Roger, one of the things I want you to talk about, Wilson, financial here as well, but one of the things that I think we don't stress enough in this country is the fact that, A, I'm hiring Donald Trump as my employee to run the country, essentially. I don't have time to run it myself, so I'm going to hire somebody else to make this happen for me, just like we hire every other politician in this country to do the same thing. It's a representative government. We're hiring them to do this for us. Now, the way I compare it, and this is the way I would tell most Christians that have a hard time voting for Donald Trump, is if you're a business owner— there's times where we hire people, not because we love them and love everything about them. In fact, there's times where you hire an employee and you may not like anything about them outside of work, but you hire them because you know they're the best person for the job at that time, so you go ahead and hire them anyways. I'm an employer. We do that, and I'm sorry. That's just the way the business world works. I don't have to be their best friend. They're not my Messiah. They're not the savior of my business, but I'm going to hire them because I know they're best suited for that job 
job at that time, and it works. Roger, we've got to communicate, in my opinion, that same thing, especially to people that have a hard time voting for Donald Trump. What are your thoughts? Yeah, no question about that. I totally agree. I mean, if you have work done in your home, for example, you're, you're going to one of those reference sites or whatever, you're going to hire the contractor who does the job right, you know, the one who's the tradesman, you know, versus the, well, the craftsman, and, and they're going to get the job done. I think about Dennis Wilson with Wilson Financial, and that's one of the benefits of working with a guy like Dennis is even if Dennis weren't the greatest guy in the world, I mean, just a strong, devout Christian, you know, who's investing in preborn and missions in Africa and all sorts of different things. The fact of the matter is, you're not going to work with a guy like Dennis if he isn't getting results for you, right? I mean, that, that's the name of the game. He's got this 54-year track record. He's got clients have been with him almost that long. I've met wow. some of these folks who started when they were younger, and they're still seeing the benefits. To know that this is quality work, to, to know that these are investments that are God-honoring and above board. I saw another ad the other day for a real estate investment trust. They're like, hey, check out this read. I'm like, I, what, what do I know about it? Except you're promising me 4.7% for one year. Other than that, that's you don't get that runaround with Wilson Financial. You call Call 800-696-9970. You click on the Wilson Financial Advisors banner at CrawfordMediaGroup.net. Get that consultation going, and he lays it out for you. Here are your options. Here are your alternatives. Tells you the truth about what the investment possibilities are. You want to minimize risk? He can eliminate risk in some cases, but you have to have that conversation, and there has to be a certain level of trustworthiness. And John, to your point, I love the fact, I think that you're the first person I ever heard use this terminology when it comes to politicians. We hire them. In elections, we don't, you know, we're not placing our faith and trust and hoping nope. that, you know, that they're going to grow our investments and give us eternal salvation. We hire them to do a job. And if you look at politicians from that standpoint, you could say, okay, well, uh, you know, why does a guy like Ted Cruz get elected and Marco Rubio might be, you know, kind of teetering on the brink, you know, in, in the upcoming elections? Well, you have to look at the fact that people are hiring them to do a job and they're going to look at their track record. And that's how we measure folks. I mean, sure, the, 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 the whole character issue is important. But in the world of politics now, when the world has become so corrupt, I'm not, you know, we've heard the expression before, we're not electing a priest, we're not electing a pope or a pastor, we're electing a president. And so what is that president going to do for our nation in our nation's best interest? And of the choices we have right now, guys, it's either McDonald's or Jack in the Box. I mean, neither one of them is going to be great, but you're on the road to somewhere else and you have to pick something. Well, in our side, of course, you know, everything you just said, Roger, our side is still going to be a much better choice no matter who that person is. And I've said it over and over again. Bob, I know you feel the same way I do. And you've been an employer in the past. I think you Mm -hmm. also understand what I'm talking about when it's an employee and you're hiring somebody to do a job. And I don't think it's something that we've done enough of. And granted, I know the other side doesn't look at that way. They do look at these elected leaders as somebody that you put up on a pedestal. I don't see it that way at all. When I interview some of these politicians, whether they've been in office or they're running for office, I don't look at them any different than I do. In fact, I look at it as a lot like, hey, you're going to now be working for me. What are you going to do for me when you when you hit that office? I look at it more like that than Mm -hmm. anything, Bob, but I don't think the majority of Americans do. I don't think they do either. Uh, Christians alike, by the way. I know. I mean, look, back in my my pre-radio days, yeah, I I was a business owner. I actually owned a chain of of sportswear stores. This is back in the pre-Amazon days when you were actually allowed to have brick-and-mortar stores and survive. But, look, I remember I had a whole mix of of people that that worked for me, my managers, my assistant managers, and then, of course, all the employees that they would hire in the stores. But one of of my managers happened to be extremely liberal, left-wing. As a matter of fact, she was a volunteer at Planned Parenthood. Now, her and I would would get into friendly debates with each other, but you know something? I needed a district manager. 
I promoted her. And you want to know why? Because she was the most qualified. Uh, she did the job the best. I, I didn't hold it against her that, hey, I personally disagree with her in these other areas because it didn't affect the job that she did in running her store. And so, yes, you do hire people that are the most qualified. I've said it before. If I'm going into heart surgery and I have a choice between my pastor and an atheist heart surgeon, I'm taking the atheist yeah, heart surgeon. All day. Okay. And so, no, I don't expect Donald Trump to spiritually guide me in any way whatsoever, but you better believe that I support his policies over the Democratic Party policies. And that's the reason why I think Christians ought to be voting for him and, and get past the stuff that Agreed. they don't like. Agree. And to me, that's one of those things that, again, we just have to continue to focus on, especially, and I really wish pastors would even get a hold of this message and do the same thing in talking that, hey, guys, keep in mind, every election. And as a pastor, I'm not going to endorse anyone. I don't endorse anybody, by the way, until it gets really, really close, and you, you know that's what you have to do as a host. But in the end, I'm not an endorser of anybody because, again, I look at these guys as somebody that I'm hiring to do the job that I, frankly, don't have time to do and don't have the skill set to do. So at the end of the day, well, skill set might not be the right word to say because, no offense, some of these guys are knuckleheads, and I think all of us could do a better job than they are. But that that's another podcast for another day, by the way. <laughs> but at the end of the day, I, I do think, especially the Christians that are listening, Guys, you've got to quit looking at this as Donald Trump being your quote-unquote leader. Uh, you know, the le we always say it's the leader of the free world. Well, in a way it is, but he's the leader because I hired him to be the leader representing me in the free world. And somehow we've got to get that message back. I know I run out of time, Bob. Preborn is a big deal. Uh, they also do a great job of getting that message out and letting moms know exactly what's going on inside their womb, which, by the way, Planned Parenthood, to your point earlier with the lady that you were talking about, they don't do that. They turn the screen around. That's not what happens at Preborn. That's right. Preborn basically says to these ladies, look, we want to let you see what 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 is growing inside of you. They, they show the ultrasound images. When that mom sees a picture of her baby sometimes sucking his thumb, they're like, they, they don't get an abortion. They choose life. So it's up to us to pay for these ultrasound images. All right? It takes money, but not that much, really. $28 will stop one abortion. $28 is the average cost to save one baby's life. So pray about a number. Take $28 times fill in the blank. Is it 10 babies, 20 babies, 50 babies, 100 babies? Whatever you can do, $28 times fill in the blank. That's your one-time gift to preborn, and 100% of what you give goes to fund ultrasounds. And hey, some heavy hitters out there, maybe you run a business, God's blessed you financially, whatever. We need some of you to buy an ultrasound machine. They're $15,000, and your forever legacy will be saving thousands and thousands of babies' lives. But for everybody else, take $28 times fill in the blank, put a number in there. And go right now to CrawfordMediaGroup.net, click on Preborn. You can give there, CrawfordMediaGroup.net, click on Preborn, or just give them a call, 833-850-BABY. That's 833-850-BABY, just mentioned national crawford roundtable when you call which by the way john i gotta say man you're rubbing off on me because i found myself on my show the other day talking about january 6th and saying look this was not an insurrection no matter how stupid those knuckleheads were climbing in there <laughs> then i thought to myself i've never used the word knucklehead before where did I'm that get there from like, john john that's where that came from john's rubbing <laughs> off on me uh, guys, we got a few minutes left. Uh, not much time. I want to give Neil, you and Roger both an opportunity to, again, on this messaging, especially to Christians. I agree with Bob. This is one of those messages that, especially the fact that the majority of people listening to this podcast are Christians. Neil, I'll start with you. How do we get them to understand we're hiring a president? Yes, it's an election, but we're hiring him to do what we can't. It's not the Messiah at all. 
you know, all of us <clears throat> have a special platform because we have radio shows, we've got this podcast. <clears throat> but for the average believer, I think it's got to happen pretty much one-on-one. And I think I think we need to be willing to listen as well as speak. Like, you know, there may be times where we're sitting next to someone. Mary and I have a, a close family member, I won't say who, it's out of our uh, immediate family, but who's a very liberal and very anti-Trump. But if we were sitting there watching the news and something came up and, and Trump called, you know, uh, Ron DeSantis to sanctimonious or whatever, and, and if that individual was to say, you know, I really hate when he does that, I don't see why it would be wrong to say, you know, I agree with you 100%. I really wish he would not do that. Um, and, you know, I understand you don't like Donald Trump, but I support some of his policies. And if they said, well, well, like, what are they? Then I think we need to have an honest, careful doors discussion open. to help. Uh, you know, yeah. yeah, the door's open. Right. And, and, and that's how you win people's hearts long term you don't do it by saying look you're wrong you're going to burn in hell and you know this is about trump trumping the messiah he's going to save america he isn't so let's be honest about it roger your thoughts echoing everything neil just said i mean it's a long we're playing the long game and the long game is eternity you know, when you get right down to it, I mean, the, the election is important, obviously, and it's going to have an impact on our faith. It's going to have an impact on the way we live our lives. But when you get right down to it, and you know, that, that whole idea of, you know, God looked down and saw the America that he envisioned and the other thing, as if like God's looking at pastors in Pakistan or Iran right now and saying, well, they belong in jail. You know, I mean, that's just, it doesn't make, it doesn't make a whole lot of sense. But keeping the door open, keeping the conversation going, and ultimately remembering that the end game here is not, did I get you to vote Republican over Democrat, but rather, um, have you professed faith in Jesus Christ as your Savior and Lord, ultimately? So if that's our true motivation, then the political conversations, I think, flow from that. And you can say, like Neil said objectively, yeah, when Trump does that, I don't lie. When Trump doesn't do that, whatever. You know, Nikki Haley has some parts to her, you know, character that we do and don't like. Ron DeSantis, you know, who's going to be the running mate since it looks like we're heading for a rematch of 2020. Um, The door's wide open for us to be salt and light and to make sure that the salt is not so strong and so salty that people just kind of spit it out and say, I'm avoiding that, but rather that it seasons and it preserves. Bob, one minute left. I'll, I'll give you the last word, and then I'll close us out. Sure. Well, you know, it, it's interesting. I, I Every Friday, I do something called Free For All Friday. People just call in, unload, whatever they want to do, debate me. And there's this guy that called in, African-American caller, liberal, left-wing Democrat. We're debating politics. And he kind of gives a semi-regular caller. Mm-hmm. And, and I just said to him, you know something? Every time you call in here, we debate each other on politics. And let me just ask you something. Do you know Jesus Christ is your Lord and Savior? Mm-hmm. You know, and we talked about that a little bit. And I was like, because I got to be honest with you. Politically, I'd love to flip you from Democrat to Republican, but that is a tiny, tiny fraction of a percent of how much I care about flipping you from a non-believer to a believer. You need to know Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. That's more important. And yes, I think we absolutely focus on that. That doesn't mean we don't multitask. We can walk and chew gum at the same time. True. Okay. The Apostle Paul demanded his rights as a Roman citizen in Acts chapter 16. Okay. That doesn't mean his first and foremost passion wasn't Jesus Christ. It was. But he can also say, hey, I'm a Roman citizen and you will obey the law when it comes comes to my rights. Yep. And I think we can do that as believers as well, while not overshadowing our first and foremost passion for the Lord and bringing people to him. Guys, that's it for today. I appreciate it very much. Again, Neil Boron, Neil Boron live out of Buffalo, New York. Roger Marsh from LA with the bottom line. Bob Duco from Detroit with the Bob Duco show. Neil, keep digging out, by the way. Keep that snow shovel handy. Uh, Bob, <laughs> you're right coming now. as well. And Roger, yep. uh, uh, you know, show us your suntan next week, if you would, because we're all jealous <laughs> of that. Guys, again, you can see us at myhopenow.com. Videos there. You can also go to the website, crawfordmediagroup.net, where you can see all of the different people, sponsors that make this happen 
on a weekly basis and probably see our ugly mugs as well. Mm-hmm. But guys, have a great week. We'll be next we'll be back next week. Another episode of the National Crawford Roundtable. You've been listening to the National Crawford Roundtable podcast, a view of today's culture through a biblical lens, brought to you by Preborn, saving babies and souls. Join us in the fight to save babies from abortion. Your gift provides a free ultrasound for a mother in need. 80% of the time, she will choose life. Visit CrawfordMediaGroup.net and click on their logo to donate. And Wilson Financial Advisors, over 50 years of financial expertise and success, helping you build confidence in your financial future. Visit CrawfordMedia.net and click on their logo for more information. You can download this podcast from Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, and more from your local Crawford Media Group station or at CrawfordMediaGroup.net. And you can watch video of the podcast at MyHopeNow.com. Be sure to follow My Hope Now wherever you follow social media. And please give this podcast a five-star rating on your Apple app. Look for the notification on your app for when the next weekly edition of the National Crawford Roundtable podcast is ready for you to download. This is a Crawford Media Group production.